0: Welcome to the Confident Retirement Podcast. How confident are you when it comes to life's biggest money decisions? What is real financial peace and how can you get it? Chris Fleming and Mark Peachy are the founders of LPF Advisors in Sarasota, Florida. They bring together the brightest minds to show you how to have a more confident financial future. They empower listeners with common sense concepts and financial wisdom. And now, here are your hosts, LPF Advisors. Hey, I want to welcome everybody to the Confident Retirement Podcast brought to you by LPF Advisors. I'm your host here as always, Chris Flammy. And today I have the pleasure of welcoming Patrick Barnes to the show. He is a, an attorney with Spinner Law Firm with headquarters in the state of Florida. They are in the personal injury estate planning and motor vehicle cases area of law. And their focus is to treat their clients like family and um, advocating for them to get an outcome that will help them move on and hopefully have a productive rest of their life. Patrick, thanks for being here. Welcome to the show. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. So you have uh, kind of an interesting background history. Could you maybe briefly just take me through how you got to where you are today? Sure. Um, I'm a Florida
1: native. I was born and raised in Sarasota, Lakewood Ranch. I went to Florida State uh, for undergrad and then uh, a school called Florida Coastal in Jacksonville for law school. And then uh, me and my then girlfriend, now wife, uh, packed up and moved to Denver. Hmm in denver for about eight years i practiced um all plaintiff personal injury stuff out there workers comp uh you know motor vehicle accidents all kinds of uh personal injury and then we had a, a son and another one on the way and we realized we need to go back to home yeah. um and so we, we uh we moved we moved back and uh happy to be back and uh, now so our main office is in wesley chapel i live in Lakes but we do have an office in Lakewood Ranch and uh, we love serving both of those communities uh, to to the extent that we can to the most yeah. we can i
0: guess yeah denver's uh denver's a good town different climate definitely Great town. in the winter we we loved it but all our you know most i would say almost all of our families back yeah. here so we feel yeah. like hey right. we got to get back Yeah. The support system. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. So um, kind of looking back the stage you're at currently, if you could go back in time, maybe give the younger you some advice, something you know now that you wish you knew back then, what do you think that might be? You mean like, I wish I knew coming out of law school or deciding to go? It could be life advice coming out of law school, getting into business, getting into practice. Um, Just maybe something that you would, would tell the younger you if you could Go back um, in time
1: you know what i would tell the younger me is be patient in addition to practicing law i do a lot of speaking and writing on uh I have a podcast on lawyer mental health. Okay. Um, And one of the things that most lawyers experience, especially in the first three years is burnout Mm -hmm. and burnout. Often the first sign of burnout is disillusionment. And I think a lot of that disillusionment comes from unrealistic expectations coming Mm -hmm. into the profession. I'm going to come out and be a rock star. I'm going to make a trillion dollars. You know, I'm going to set my own schedule, all these things that are kind of misnomers about the profession. Mm -hmm. And the reality is that doesn't happen right away. And so patience would be the biggest thing is the, Look, have have a long term viewpoint on yeah on your practice as opposed to what you're going to do in like the first year because right.
0: okay I can tell you've done a lot of introspection to come to that conclusion uh, probably <laughs> yeah yeah that somewhat affects our industry too with sure. with burnout and hours that you're working having a good yep. work life balance um, I've actually done some talks on that before too so I'm I'm feeling what you're uh, what you're putting out there yeah so. How did you kind of come to selecting the focus of your practice or, or what the focus is of the firm that you work for and specializing in those, those areas? How, how did that happen?
1: I knew I wanted to be a litigator. I wanted mm-hmm. to talk in front of people. I knew I wanted to be a problem solver and I wanted to have an action packed mm-hmm. career um, so that kind of knocked out a couple different types of law that I just didn't, wasn't interested in. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, you know i came out in 2012 which was right around when everyone else was coming out of grad school after the 0809 recession yeah. jobs were scarce um and i got a chance to take a, a pre litigation paralegal position at a personal injury firm and so i started there um because that was a job that allowed me to to do that right. and i learned a lot and realized all those like must-haves, the litigating, the talking, the Mm -hmm. problem-solving, those are all in personal injury. And so it just was – it kind of fell in my lap. I didn't go out saying I wanted to do personal injury. Um, I actually wanted to do water law, weirdly enough, but it
0: worked for for my personality. Awesome. Yeah, it's good when you can find that fit, uh, cohesive with the type of person that you are and what you do. So maybe um, could you describe – um, an ideal client for you or for your practice? Yeah, I think an
1: ideal client for us for the personal injury side, we also do estate planning, okay. but, and that's you know obviously a different clientele because personal injury happens when you need it. Yeah. Um, estate planning, you're kind of like when it's appropriate to do that or when it's strategically right. necessary. But for the PI, it's like I need one now because this just happened to me, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so it could be anybody from ages one to 99. But I think the ideal client for our firm, we we are fairly small. We have three attorneys. We treat our clients like family. We're very high on client um, communication. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been accused of handholding and kind of really walking people through the steps. That way they understand when they're making decisions, why they're making them. Mm -hmm. So someone that wants that, right? And I don't know many people that wouldn't want that, but um, somebody that is okay Really getting to to understand their case, right? Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. So somebody who's just kind of wanting to have representation from somebody that actually cares and is going to get in contact and communicate what's happening with the case.
0: Yeah, it Free wouldn't broad, be broad it wouldn't rush, be uh, like a complete delegator. Like I don't want to be involved, and you just handle everything. You need to yeah. have that.
1: I mean, and obviously, if that's, you know, I tell clients, when I first meet with them, you can be as involved as you want or not involved as you want. So I guess it's just somebody that that wants a kind of really good communication, really in depth analysis of what their case needs. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and somebody that's going to handle it from the
0: start all the way through jury trial if necessary. Yeah. That's the personal side. So do you think there are some, maybe some common misconceptions that people have about what you do or, or what you can do for them um, in, in those cases? I think there's a, there's a lot of
1: misconceptions about personal injury lawyers. One is that we we chase ambulances and, you know, we're out to get everybody. I mean, uh, there's a million of them and it's something that I've been battling to, you know, my whole career Mm -hmm. trying to show people what we actually do. And so the goal of our job for you, when you come to us is to make you whole is the Mm -hmm. term Mm -hmm. Um, no more, no less. Right. And so some people think, Oh, well, you're going to overreach and you're going to ask for things that you're not entitled to. And, um, you know, or, or we're going straight to trial. Mm -hmm. Um, and the reality is, if we can resolve a case without litigating, there's a lot less risk. There's a lot, you know, it could be a lot more time efficient. So if we can, that's fantastic. As long as the client is made whole in that process, um, sometimes litigation and jury trials are absolutely necessary. And it's why yeah. they're there. But I would say the biggest misconception is that somehow we're overreaching and we're asking for things we're not entitled to. and And I think everything that we can as a profession can ask for is based on evidence. Right. And if the evidence is there then that's something the person's entitled to, and they're entitled to be made whole, which is mm-hmm. economic non-economic, the, um, you know, damages that arise from whatever happened. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's the biggest one is, is, it, you know, and even when I first do the intakes with clients, they're like, Hey, I'm not looking to, to over overreach or anything. I said, that's not what we do. Our job yeah. is to say whatever you've lost, Is what we're attempting to regain make Mm -hmm. you holes
0: yeah right no more no less i like that that's well said so maybe you could for people that don't understand maybe you could take us briefly through the steps in a personal injury case you know from beginning to kind of end and i know not all things end in litigation right but um, maybe you could do that on a high level for us for a better understanding Yeah,
1: absolutely. And I do break our, we we break our cases up into phases. Mm. Um, It helps clients kind of, so I always say it's like running a a hurdle race, right? If you look down the line of all the hurdles, you're going to trip in front of the one right in front of you. It looks really Mm -hmm. ominous and overwhelming. Take it one hurdle at a time. Mm. So we break our cases into phases so that we can kind of have that communication and clients know what phase they're in. So the first phase... Is an investigation phase where we're figuring out all of the things about the case whatever that might be that we need to know right um insurance policies facts of the case accident reports photos all that stuff mm-hmm. the second phase is is treatment right so the client needs to to get the treatment necessary to get as as put back together as they possibly can to how they were right before the accident occurred and that the only way you can do that medically is by by treating whatever that takes and then the third phase, if if that's successful, would be attempting to negotiate uh, some sort of a resolution to the case hmm. without filing a lawsuit, if that's possible. If we can, then we we have what's called a disbursement phase, which is essentially where we're figuring out what are the client's obligations from medical balances to health insurance liens to all the different possible things that, you know, like loose ends that they might need to tie up before the before the case can truly be done and then if we can't resolve the case then of course litigation right and that has multiple phases which i yeah. i won't get into here but but essentially filing a lawsuit and then mm-hmm. going through the various litigation phases depositions and maybe mm-hmm. a mediation and then eventually a, a jury trial if necessary okay and- one of the phases kind of like from a real thousand point
0: foot view or whatever you want to say yeah no that's good thank you and are there some Initial obstacles that you often help clients overcome as they're entering into these phases? Maybe not misconceptions, but just, you know, this is a very emotional thing for them, I'm sure. So are there some common obstacles that you're kind of helping them, those hurdles are kind of helping them get over as you're going through it?
1: Yeah, I would say the number one obstacle is just bringing it down in intensity from where they are. Cause oftentimes mm-hmm. people call after the accident mm-hmm. and they are, have been in contact with three people who have already called them trying to get information. They don't know who they can talk to, who they should yeah. talk to, what they should say, just taking it down. Right. Mm-hmm. Let's Right. And then walking them through, I call it my insurance one oh one, where I am like, okay, this is how the process goes, right? You start okay. with your insurance and you know, so forth and so on. And just trying to get our baseline back down to 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 calm. Yeah. I would say that's like the biggest hurdles people call and they just don't know what to do. They have no yeah. idea what the next step is. And it feels like it's all right there in front of them at that moment. Yeah. Um, I actually do a lot of speaking on what we call trauma-informed legal practice. And so going through a car wreck or, or having, you know, a medical malpractice situation or a nursing home uh, negligence, those are traumatic events. Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes people that are coming to us are going through some form of, of post-traumatic, you know, stress. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of biological things that happen because of that. And so I'm, I've kind of identified what those are. I've become informed on what those look like and then like how I can act to help um, make them feel calm, safe, Mm -hmm. and in a space where they can kind of let the guard down, relax. And then now let's talk about the case. That's the
0: biggest one. Yeah. Right. Cause emotions can run high. And like you said, from some of that trauma, I mean, they may have things that they're dealing with that they've never faced before and might need professional help with that. Okay. So is, is there a, a time in a client case where it's pretty obvious that you're going to have to litigate. You know what I mean? Like they've dug their heels in or it's obvious that you're going to have to litigate. I know that isn't the goal necessarily or where things always go, but maybe um, give us some enlightenment on that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the the biggest reasons to litigate a case are one, if there's a dispute on what we call liability, which is Mm -hmm. essentially... They say something happened and it's because of X, Y, Z, and our client's position is different. And yeah. and for that reason, they're either splitting the, the responsibility pie mm-hmm. or they're not taking any of the responsibility. And that obviously will drive you into litigation because you got to have a jury of your peers yeah. decide who did what.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, another one would be pre-existing medical conditions that were worsened or aggravated from the wreck. Oftentimes, there's big disputes about that, where you know potentially the other side is saying, you know, we we obviously understand they're going through something, but we don't think we caused that, right? Or we don't think we worked in that, and our client may be saying that that they did. That's another big one that sends us into litigation. And then the other would be just disputing over damages, like um, future care, right? Like if a client needs future medical treatment, and the the other side's not willing to to cover that or don't feel that it's necessarily related or reasonable that might be something we need to fight about too yeah. so those are like the three big ones obviously every case is different and every case
0: has their own reasons but right those are the big ones yeah well and that's what uh that's the excitement part where everything's different all the time and the laws are changing right there's no two cases yep. that are exactly the same or or what might influence them okay so then along those lines then what do you consider, Patrick, to to be a good outcome for a client? I, I don't mean like the monetary award or whatever, but yeah. what are you striving yeah. for? What do you consider to be a good outcome for them?
1: Well, I'd go back to my, my point I made about about making the client whole. And mm-hmm. obviously, everybody's going to have a different definition of what being made whole looks like, mm-hmm. especially – from what we call general damages or non-economic damages like yeah. pain and suffering, um, mm-hmm. kind of frustrations of this process, effects on your daily living. Those are wildly different between mm-hmm. every client um, because everybody lives different lifestyles and everyone has different injuries that affect them differently. Yeah. Um, so a good outcome obviously covers any related and necessary medical bills mm-hmm. um, so that the client doesn't have to come out of pocket for that because they didn't cause it. And then are able to compensate them for those other you know less concrete damages like medical bills you know exactly down to the penny how much they are
0: right
1: but the other damages are something that ebb and flow and for some clients it ebbs and flow from week to week depending on what their injury is so it's just a matter of making sure that there is fair compensation for that and i would say as long as you can pay the medical bills and there is reasonable compensation for that that is a that is a great outcome
0: Okay. All right. Thank you. No, that's uh, very well said. So moving forward, let's kind of shift gears. I have a couple more questions for you. So what do you kind of see as your biggest opportunity moving forward? So opportunity for the practice or the law firm um, that you're excited about?
1: I would say so. We we have a, a second uh, brick and mortar location in Lakewood Ranch. That's really exciting. I'm from Lakewood Ranch. I mm-hmm. went to Lakewood Ranch school. Um, so getting back there is really really exciting for me. And we we are our main office, which has been Charlie, my boss, has had this Wesley Chapel um, office for twenty. We're in our twentieth year. Um, and so Wesley Chapel and Lakewood Ranch are very similar. They are very booming. A lot mm-hmm. of families. Um, and so they're very similar dynamics. And so I'm excited about the prospect of of growing that liquid ranch office.
0: Okay. And then maybe on the flip side of that, what's a obstacle or something that you're hoping to overcome, uh, going forward that you want to tackle?
1: Well, I mean, in the state of Florida, we have a lot of bills that are being passed. Um, I won't get too into the politics on it, but there's a lot of that involve tort reform and yep. Um, you know, obviously our goal is to make sure that our clients are able to you know, be made whole and are compensated. So
0: just becoming aware of the
1: new rules and, and, and making sure we understand what to do with them.
0: That's, that's an obstacle. Yeah, things are always changing. That happens in our business, too. They change the laws or make things different. Yeah. And then that I mean, it's it's part
1: of it. Yeah. Um, and it's just a matter of adapting and, and learning what the new ones look like. Right.
0: Yeah. Being informed for sure. Okay. So if people want to get in touch with you or learn more about you or your practice, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: They can go on our website. It's uh, a You can always call me eight one three nine nine one five zero nine nine or okay. email me, uh, which is Patrick, like my name. Uh, I'm sorry. No, it's not. It's P. Like Patrick Barnes, B-A-R-N-E-S at spinnerlawfirm.com. Okay. Um, It's the best way to get in touch with me. Oh, you can can Google us.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
1: that kind of thing. Um, And I'm also really active on LinkedIn. I talk a lot about the lawyer mental health stuff on LinkedIn. So you can always just Google my or LinkedIn, search my name,
0: Patrick Barnes. All right. Awesome. Yeah, I spent some time on the website. Lots of good information there. So I encourage everybody to do that. Uh, Patrick, I want to thank you for taking the time to be here with me today. It was a good conversation. I appreciate I, you having me. Yeah, and I want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening and watching the Confident Retirement Podcast brought to you by LPF Advisors, where we're hoping to raise the financial confidence of everyday people to another level one show at a time. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in, listening. Be well, take care, and we'll see you next time. Thanks again, Patrick. Thanks, Chris.
1: You've been listening to the Confident Retirement Podcast with Chris and Mark from LPF Advisors. For more information on them and retiring confidently, please visit lpfadvisors.com. If your ears are pleased and your mind is now at ease, do share the program with your friends and subscribe wherever
0: podcasts are found.